Welcome to the Fantasy Football Brothers Podcast. My name is Blake, and I'm here with my younger brother, Carson. And we are on to week 16, about to wrap up the fantasy playoffs. How you feeling? Well, everything went my way last week, as you know. Um, all of the dif- differing picks that we had on game predictions went my way, mm-hmm. and... Um, I had a very good week against Blake in the semifinals, and I advanced to the finals. I'm still sad that it couldn't be very us true. in the finals for sure, but yeah. hopefully I can win it for the both of us. But yeah, as I've alluded to, Blake, 132 correct on the season. For game predictions, I have 139 correct, but who knows? If you do that same sort of swing, you still have two weeks. It's not possible. Yeah, and speaking of, you know, the one thing that did go my way this past weekend was I got engaged. So oh, yes, that uh, is outside of football. That is very out. good news. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, shout out to that, and, um... Yeah, I think you're probably all right. <laughs> we can yeah, all on. things considered, yeah. all things considered, I'll take, the, I'll take the loss in fantasy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's talk about Thursday night matchup here. We've got Jaguars at the Jets. You wrote the notes, so take it away. Yeah, so if the Jaguars, uh, 1.5 point underdog, so it's a close one, but kind of surprised, but I guess the records are probably similar, but... Jaguars are kind of hot right now with their offense. They had an overtime win against the Cowboys in Week 15, which I predicted, lol. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has had 13 passing touchdowns and only one interception in his past five games while also averaging 289 passing yards. That's very good. Uh, So I'll ask you, has Lawrence entered the must-start category uh, of QBs? I think probably yes. I'm I'm going to pull up what he's been doing lately. I mean, top five in three of his last four, that's really good. Yeah. yeah, I think it's. I mean, obviously, it's a tough matchup with uh, with the Jets, but yeah. I think that they've kind of found their offense under Trevor Lawrence, and mm-hmm. so I think that that's gonna. I think that's gonna continue. Yeah, it's interesting how this offense, like the first three games. I remember a few weeks ago we did an analysis of like the first three versus the next three uh, games for the opening of the season for the Jaguars, and it seems like they are back in their groove and even better than the start of the season uh, as a passing offense. I'll talk about Travis Etienne because he improved a little bit later on, but let me first talk about the pass catchers. But Zay Jones was the wide receiver one in Week 15, catching three of Lawrence's four passing touchdowns on six receptions, so that's great efficiency. Uh, But I'll ask you, and you kind of already alluded to this with the matchup, are you worried about starting Zay Jones this week considering the Jets' defense ranks fourth in passing yard per game at only 193.9? Yeah, it's a little concerning. I mean, I already did mention that the matchup is tougher, but I think Zay Jones has worked his way he's earned his way into your starting lineup with the way he's been performing over the past month yeah and i, I mean i think he's a very strong flex option yeah so i mean at, he's at had the very least he's had decent games without receiving touchdowns so the fact that he can do both mm-hmm. is what makes you feel better and you know meanwhile christian kirk had a solid day with six receptions for 92 yards on 10 targets so not a boom but that is a very good reliable stat line and evan ingram had a similar day with eight receptions for 62 yards on 10 targets so Kirk, Jones, and Ingram are getting fed by Lawrence, and uh, so I think that you would agree you can probably start all these players, all three of them, including Lawrence. Yeah, Jameson, I mean, fourth. I would say, yeah, and I would say in general, you know, lower expectations based on that matchup, sure. but I think that, you know, it you're going to have to have pretty good options elsewhere yeah. to turn away from any of those guys. I agree. It's hard to go off of the hot hands, especially in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, the good news for Travis Etienne is that he had his most carries in rushing yards since week 9, with 19 carries, which allowed him to have 103 rushing yards. But he only had two receptions, which limits his ceiling without touchdowns, but still a step in the right direction. Um, he did leave the game in the fourth quarter due to an ankle injury, but he did ultimately retake the field in overtime. So monitor that, but he should be good. Uh, this is mm-hmm. kind of the news I'm reading right now. So yeah, you're still starting him as well. So if the Jets, uh, Zach Wilson, I think... Uh, officially will be the starter for Thursday Night Football. That's great. Um, He had his best game all season in Week 15, but that only means 18 pass completions for 317 passing yards and two passing touchdowns and one interception. It's it's a good yardage total, but still not a lot of completions. Uh, Garrett Wilson had four receptions for 98 yards on nine targets. Uh, So this is a fine day for Garrett Wilson, but as we've said many times, his ceiling is sadly limited with Zach Wilson at QB, but I think he still makes your flex for Garrett Wilson. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, And then CJ Uzama, remember him on the Bengals? He had two receptions sure. and both, and that was basically both of Zach Wilson's passing touchdowns, but I would say we do not care because most of the season it's been Conklin, but with Zach Wilson yeah. at quarterback, I'm not looking to start any pass catcher other than Garrett Wilson. Um, and then with the backfield, 
Zonovan Knight. This is kind of disappointing because we were hoping that for people that had him, he could just be plugged in for the rest of the season. But he was the only Jets running back to record a rushing attempt in the first half, so that seems good. But then proceeded to split carries with Michael Carter as the Jets struggled to rush the ball against the Lions. Knight averaged 1.77 yards per carry this game. And Carter did do much better, but he did do better at 3.75 yards per carry. I mean, I guess that is much better, but I mean, that's still not great. Um, <laughs> right. And Knight out-touched Carter 13-5, but this was not the pro- performance you were looking for if you were considering starting Knight the rest of the way. I don't know exactly. I don't think the Jaguars' defense is anything too scary, but this does make you a little less confident in just plugging in Knight and thinking that he can just have a high floor for you. Yeah, well, I mean, the team in general looks worse under Zach Wilson. We'll mm-hmm. continue to say that as long as it's true. Um, but yeah, Zonovan Knight, I think, has slightly less upside than he did with Mike White under center. Um, it's just kind of the nature of the beast here with the yeah. New York Jets. I mean, I've seen some talk about this, and I'm curious to know what you think about this. Do you think that it's a little fluky how quick Knight started to just do so well once he got the start because he kind of been... He had kind of been being rested all season, so he's playing more tired players on defense, or do you think that's unfair? No, that's a bad take. Whoever said that, it's kind of a goofball. Well, um, I don't think there's absolutely nothing to it, but I wouldn't say it's definitely explanatory. No, that's that's silly. Let's, let's, uh, I, I completely disregard that comment. <laughs> wow, alright, I'll pick the Jaguars. <laughs> Yeah, I am too. God, I didn't think that was like absolutely abysmal, but we'll move on to Saturday, which most of the games will be That's on. That's a dumb take. Okay, we'll move on. Falcons at Ravens. Um, Desmond Ritter was held to just 13 pass completions for 97 yards in his NFL debut. So that's not great, but 38 rushing yards and no. six carries, that's pretty good. It shows you what maybe he could do, um, his versatility as a quarterback. Uh, this is a fun fact. Drake London was the only Falcons wide receiver to register a reception, but he had seven for 70 yards. So is that a high enough floor to make him a flex player for you? Well, I mean, that's 14 points in it PPR is. scoring. That's not bad. But um, that's that's more than half of Ritter's completions in a game. No, I know that. And I, and I think that, honestly, it's not all that surprising. I, I yeah. played Drake London in, D- in DFS last week, and he did all right, obviously. Um, especially given his salary. But I think that that has a lot to do with, you know, with no Kyle Pitts on the field, the next best man is Drake London. And as a rookie quarterback, he's going to be targeting the most talented player on the field most often. So if you have Drake, if you've kept Drake London and you made the playoffs with him on your right, on your roster, uh, this might be a good opportunity, especially with the Ravens secondary, not really performing all that well season long. Um, that might be a good spot to play him again this week. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's a good stat line for sure. Um, Tyler Algier had 17 carries for 139 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown on 49% of snaps, so that's good. While Cordell Patterson had 14 carries for 52 yards and a rushing touchdown as well on 50% of snaps. Uh, Are both of these players on your flex radar? Obviously the rushing totals for Algier are even more impressive, but I think Patterson has that more likelihood of getting more receptions just because of the player we know he can be. Well, the player we know he can be has not been the player no, he has been this season. Not quite. So I really wouldn't bank on too many receptions for uh, Patterson moving forward. It's just it's a coaching it's a problem. It's a yeah. skill issue, TBH. Um, so, yeah, so I, I you do like Algier. Benching Patterson, more than Patterson, flexing Algier. Is that kind of the feel? Yeah, I think that's fine if you, if you have to. I really... Sure would prefer to not start either of them if I could, just because I think it's kind of risky. But Algier's been playing pretty well as of late. And, well, as I say that, I look, he's he was actually pretty bad leading up to his bye. So, I don't know. Um, You you feel more confident about both these guys than I do. Um, I feel much better about Algier, but I would like to see him get receptions, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen in this offense. But, I mean, 139 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown and 17 carries, That I mean, that's really good. I mean, that's, that's a high floor no, running is. back that is, could it likely be on a lot is. of waivers. So, I don't know what his waiver percentage is, but it's, I'm, I yeah, know he's not 100. I'll tell you right here. I know he's not 100. Yeah, check that real quick. <laughs> 68. Yeah, so, I mean, it's so, not possible. In a third of leagues. Yeah. So, consider it, but, you know, it's hard It's hard to put a running back in flex unless you have just incredible depth. So, there you go. Uh, move on to the Ravens. 
monitor Lamar Jackson's injury status as the Ravens are hopeful that he can return this week. Um, seems likely is what I'm the sense I'm getting. And over the past two games, since J.K. Dobbins has returned from injury, he has had 28 carries for 245 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown, but only one reception. So we know that he has a very high floor if he gets the carries, and it is it is mm-hmm. worth noting that both of these games that he's been back has been with Tyler Huntley under center and not Lamar Jackson taking carries away from him. Huntley can be that person, right. but he hasn't really shown it this season. So... Is Dobbins' floor still high enough for you to be comfortable to start him? It's basically, even with Lamar Jackson being there. Yeah, his his floor is fine. Um, and just kind of checking on Huntley, he's gotten six between six and ten carries of his own in the games he's played. So, not bad by any means. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I think Dobbins is kind of a high floor, kind of capped ceiling, especially if he doesn't get that rushing touchdown. Yeah, he, he so touchdown. He kind of feels like a low risk, low reward kind of player, which yeah. is weird. But no, I, I don't mean, think that that's yeah. Well, I mean, it's just when we get to the Browns, Nick Chubb's kind of had a stretch of games where he's had like close to ninety or hundred rushing yards, but that's it. Right. So then it just ends up yeah. being like, all right, well, he had a good NFL day, but it's not really showing my fantasy yeah. team. And I feel like Dobbins exactly. can fall into that sometimes too. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Gus Edwards also had an extremely efficient day with seven carries for 55 yards, but he only played in 70% of the snaps. And as we've said many times, not looking to start too many people in this backfield because Lamar can kind of no. take it all on himself. Uh, for pass catchers, Demarcus Robinson has had at least five receptions in his past three games, two of those with Huntley, of course. But I think Mark Andrews is the only reliable, you would think, beneficiary from Lamar Jackson's potential return. He's been struggling recently, but you got to just trust that Jackson coming back will be good for him. Yeah, and, and you know, this is being recorded on Wednesday, and as of now, Lamar Jackson has yet to practice, so mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe pump your brakes on that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, in general, we know who the pass catchers are on this team that need to be started, and really Mark Andrews is not <laughs> – he's not really uh, – qualifying as one of those players although you kind of have to play him uh just because of uh, you really don't have any better options with as high of a ceiling as um as him yeah all right i'll take the ravens at home although i think the spread is very generous to them honestly yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna join you 7.5 obviously yeah (laughs) well move on to lions at panthers um deandre swift Still only had eight carries on 40% of snaps, but he had five receptions for 23 receiving yards on nine targets. Swift has only had double-digit carries in two games this season. I was surprised. I guess not really, but it is surprising. And those were his two best fantasy performances this season. Um, so kind of the opposite wow, situation. Yeah, with J.K. Dobbins as far as the high receiving floor. Um, but do you think that floor is too high not to start Swift? Because, uh, you know, five receptions is... It gets you very close to double digits already. You just need some yards on top of that. Yeah, Swift has been a very uh, interesting yeah. player to Annoying, manage, I would I'm say. Sure. Yeah, that, that's a that's another word for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's kind of been a fringe RB2 slash flex. Yeah. So uh, you're not really, you're not leaving a ton of points on the bench if you do decide to bench him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his his season highs are 21 and 26 and a half, and everything else is Miss. Six, 14 or lower, pretty much. Yeah. So I, <laughs> it really depends on who you have at this point. But um, DeAndre Swift is just not getting enough usage in no. this backfield. I, that's how I feel. It's strange. It, it's strange. I don't. Uh, maybe I don't see Jamal Williams really leaving the team. I don't know his contract situation, but uh, it's so the, the downfall of Swift. I mean, this is someone who's arguably end of first round, beginning of second round of drafts this year. So definitely mm-hmm. a disappointing pick if you picked him. Uh, someone who's not been a disappointing pick is Amon Ross St. Brown, who continues to be very consistent. So yeah, very good if you had him. Um, curious to see where he'll go in drafts next season. I'm sure pretty high. So with the Panthers, Deontay Foreman had 10 carries for 9 yards, ouch, on 30% of snaps, (laughs) while Chuba Hubbard had 4 carries for 10 yards, (laughs) yippee, and 3 receptions for 57 yards. So 
uh, surprisingly, this this Detroit defense looked to, used to look horrible, but recently they've kind of been tough on the run, so I, I wouldn't really be looking to start either Foreman or Hubbard. How, how do you feel about that? No, yeah, not not if you can avoid it. Yeah. Um, these are these are kind of low upside. I mean, it's a low upside offense in general. So, like you mentioned before, Detroit has given up points earlier in the season, and not so much lately. They've tightened up, and so I think that uh, yeah, both of these options, if you can avoid it, should be uh, on your bench. Yeah, did they start the season like one and six, and now they're like seven and seven? It's, it's like the Dolphins last season. It's- yeah, maybe so. We'll see if they can make it in the playoffs. I don't know. Um, so with DJ Moore, after having zero receptions in Week 14, he had five receptions for 73 yards and a touchdown on six targets in Week 15. Um, Moore hasn't had more than six targets since Week 8. How do you value him? <laughs> He's a boomer bust flex. Yeah, that's what um, you can say. On the weeks that, I mean, you, you pretty much have to either put him in your lineup and hope yeah. or... Put him on your bench and hope he doesn't go off. Yeah. That's kind of how he is. Yeah. Ugh. Another player that has not been fun to roster, I'm sure. Uh, it seems like we're both picking the Lions in this one. They're away, but they are yeah. the favorites on the spread. And we'll move on to Bills at Bears. You're already going to pick the Bills? Wow. I don't blame you. Yeah, I know. Bold choice. I'm with you. Um, last Saturday, Josh Allen. It was Saturday, right? That they played? Oh. Yep. Josh Allen threw for 304 passing yards and four passing touchdowns while also having 77 rushing yards on 10 carries. Wow. He is legit. Surprisingly, a Bills wide receiver did not catch a a touchdown, and Stephon Diggs only had five receptions while Gabe Davis had four receptions. Um, Gabe Davis has had four straight single-digit fantasy scores. I've never been high on him, really, so it's still disappointing. Um, Cole Beasley... Coming out of retirement and even playing minimally in Week 15 makes me think that Isaiah McKenzie has way too low of a floor. Beasley only had, like, one reception, but the fact that they did that, I think, makes me lose all confidence in McKenzie being reliable. And uh, Yeah, we talked about that when, when the yeah. news broke, um, but he, he kind of falls out of relevance. Yeah, and he did play a little bit, so there you go. Um, some positives from this offense is that Dawson Knox has had back-to-back games with a receiving touchdown, and he also had six receptions for 98 yards in Week 15 on top of that touchdown. So is Knox an enticing tight end play in fantasy playoffs? I think I guess he has to be, right? Yeah, I would. Th- I would think so. He's he's kind of reemerged. It's, it's been su- it's surprising how little he was used earlier this season. I would say because he had a decent season last season, um, mm-hmm. but you're starting to see the value that he can have in this passing offense for sure. All right, and then the backfield. We love this backfield. Devin Singletary played 60% of snaps and had 13 carries for 42 yards and three receptions for 28 yards, while James Cook played in 36% of snaps and had five carries for 34 yards and two receptions for five yards and a touchdown. Basically, I would not look to start either. It looks like Cook was trending in the right direction of potentially overtaking this backfield, but that is not the case on the snap count this week, but he's the one that got the touchdown. So it's just like, I don't know if you can really trust... No, it's really hard to predict this backfield, and ultimately this is a team that has 11 wins, 3 losses, they're playing to win games and secure their spot in the playoffs, and you know potentially be a number one seed in the AFC, so um, I think it really it comes down to they're going to use both guys, but I wouldn't really give either of them a, a clear edge, especially in fantasy lineups. Yeah, so I guess it's Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Dawson Knox and I, I think that's it. I, I don't. I'm not looking to start Gabe Davis personally. Um, yeah, Gabe Davis. If you need a home run. Yeah, I guess so. That that is fair. He can do that every once in a while. All right. So with the Bears, I'll say Justin Fields proved me wrong a little bit. I, I wasn't a complete hater, but I was saying he maybe wasn't a top ten quarterback on the week, but he was. Mm-hmm. I think he was QB seven. And just, yep. it was because of that tough matchup against the Eagles, but Fields had 15 carries for 95 yards while also adding two passing touchdowns to his otherwise unimpressive passing stats. Him getting those few touchdown passes, though, helps elevate that rushing floor to be something that creates a good QB performance. And yeah, 14 pass completions, 152 passing yards, makes any Bears pass catcher extremely touchdown dependent, as we know. Uh, another play that did very well was David Montgomery. He had a strong fantasy day thanks to one rushing touchdown and one receiving touchdown on top of 12 carries for 53 yards and three receptions for 38 yards. So not an amazing day without the touchdowns, but the touchdowns really helped him have a good day. 
Um, I think those are the only two players you're looking to start on this team, and we both already picked the Bills. You got anything else to add in this matchup? No, not really. I was looking to see how Cole Komet did. He got six and a half fantasy points, so uh, you probably have better options despite him being the tight end 12 on the season. Yeah. (laughs) Tight end 12. Oh, that's so funny. All right. Saints (laughs) at Browns. Um, So two pretty fluky stat lines from Jawan Johnson and Rashid Shahid led the team in fantasy points for the Saints. Reminder that Andy Dalton is still the starting quarterback, and he only threw for 151 passing yards on 11 pass completions. But he did have two passing touchdowns since the interceptions, and Taysom Hill also had one passing touchdown, for those of you keeping count. Uh, Chris Olave, and this probably goes close to home for Blake, because he traded for him recently, but he had an <laughs> underwhelming, underwhelming day with only three receptions for 53 yards. Not horrible. He is still very consistent, but below his par, I would say. Um, but that Andy Dalton stat line makes it extremely difficult for Olave to continue his consistency. I mean, it's I don't want to keep on being the dead horse, but Andy Dalton cannot win games for this team. Don't know why he's still there, and it hurts. It hurts the team and the offense. I don't understand it. Whatever. Yeah. Well, no, we've talked about it all year. That yeah. it's been a very confusing narrative that uh, Jameis Winston hasn't been starting or even like really competing for the job. It seems yeah. so. I don't know. It's bizarre. Um, uh, Yeah, I really got nothing else to add to that. All right. David Johnson, the one you know and love, served as the RB2 behind Kamara in Week 15 since Mark Ingram was placed in IR, so basically took the Mark Ingram role. Um, But this is kind of a surprising stat line for Kamara. He had 21 carries for 91 yards, but only two receptions for 13 yards. I guess you can hope that he can have an even better rushing day against a weak Browns rushing defense if his receiving numbers don't return to his standard because usually he is that PPR beast, but now he's getting 21 carries. But you still love the touches. Um, it's a step in the right direction. He just needs to find the end zone, I guess, if he's going to be this rushing back that we're not used to him being really exclusively. Um, yeah, so I guess Kamara and Olave. That's really all I would do. And with the Browns, there was only one touchdown in the Browns' 13-3 win over the Ravens in Week 15. Um, Deshaun Watson had 18 pass completions for 161 yards and a touchdown, while also adding 22 rushing yards on six carries. I would say Walt Watson is still a QB2, but it's hard to tell if he'll be able to come close to some of his best performances in previous seasons before this season ends. So not playing bad, but not playing anywhere close to his ceiling. So, yeah. Yeah, I would say keep him keep him on your bench if you can avoid it. Yeah, like if I if it was between for me if it was between Tyler Huntley and Watson, I'd probably go Watson again. But if Lamar's back, of course I'm going to Lamar. So that's one example. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones was the only other Browns player to have double digit fantasy points. DPJ had four receptions for 31 yards and the one sole touchdown. Uh, Amari Cooper also had four receptions and David Njoku had three receptions, but neither found the end zone it's kind of troubling you would have hoped that cooper would be the one if you have cooper probably but he'd be the one that you would expect to be doing the best in this offense but watson just isn't getting enough pass completions i know he had more in week 14 but i don't know what you do if you roster dpj cooper or njoku honestly so well okay i've been i mentioned this last week i said people's jones has been doing way better than Amari Cooper. Yes. I think you can start DPJ and you need to bench Amari Cooper. Yeah. And then Njoku, it's it's tight ends a whole different discussion, so I guess Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. I mean DPJ is looking better than Cooper, so you have to erase the names and look at the stats and DPJ is the better pass catcher to have in this offense since Watson's been there. So that is fair. And as previously previously mentioned Nick Chubb has had three straight games without a touchdown and consequently three straight single-digit fantasy scores. He's had like not, about 90 rushing yards in each one, so yeah. Um, pretty much already answered players we would start yeah, here. I, I, so. I, feel like, I feel like positive regression has to be coming for Nick Chubb. He's just too talented to not find the end zone yes. in four straight games, I feel. I agree. Uh, I'm going to agree with you and pick the Browns. I think a Deshaun Watson versus Andy Dalton... I think I have to take Deshaun, even with the current form of Deshaun Watson. Um, we'll move on to a big spread between the Seahawks at the Chiefs. Chiefs are a 10-point favorite. Uh, Kenneth Walker made his return from injury against the 49ers in Week 15 Thursday Night Football and played in 75% of snaps. Walker should be safely back to his pre-injury uh, value and likely won't face a tougher defense than that 49ers defense for the rest of the season. 
Mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett suffered a finger injury, and his earliest expected return is Week 17, so almost certainly out for this week. Um, Metcalf and Lockett have both played in every game this season, so it's difficult to tell how things could change. But what do you think this means for Marquise Goodwin, who has been touchdown dependent, but he is kind of slotting himself into that wide receiver two role, you would think. Yeah, no, I, I would think that if you, you know, needed someone that isn't exactly rostered in a bunch of leagues, yeah. I mean, 11% for Marquise Goodwin is definitely low. So if you need that option, I think, you know, as long as Lockett is officially ruled out, I think that that's a yeah. uh, kind of a boom-bust kind of play. Yeah, from the reports I'm reading, which who knows because it's Pete Carroll that's the coach of this team, but... It seems like they're hopeful that he can that Lockett could be there in week seventeen. So I'm reading that he's still almost certain to be out this week. But yeah, wait for that. Yeah, because it does heavily impact Goodwin's value. The Chiefs. How about the Texans taking the Chiefs to OT in what was the biggest spread of the season or the second biggest spread, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. So that was surprising. Yeah. Uh, Jarek McKinnon. Something that's equally surprising is Jarek McKinnon putting up the <laughs> uh, the RB one performance in back to back games mainly due to his receiving work. Um, in Week 15, McKinnon had 10 carries for 52 yards and one touchdown while also having eight receptions for 70 yards and a touchdown. So is McKinnon a must-start after having 15 receptions across his past two games? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's... I mean, this is... He was, he's <laughs> These always, are softballs you're giving me. Yeah, I mean, there you go. That's great. That I'm just trying to, yeah, buttering you up right now. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> Isaiah Pacheco only played in 35% of snaps, but had 15 carries for 86 rushing yards, but only one reception. So does Pacheco have a high enough floor to make your starting lineup? That's maybe a more difficult question. <laughs> yeah, Pacheco, you know, playing in that few amount of stat, snaps, and uh, I guess the only expectation here is that you know, they're, because of that ten point spread, you're going to be thinking they're going to be playing from up, from up, mm-hmm. and maybe there's more goal line work for Pacheco. But I think honestly that it's McKinnon's backfield, yeah. and, and Pacheco's kind of the you know the secondary piece in that offense. So I agree, uh, at least in the rushing attack. Uh, yeah, I would say that he's kind of a. I think he's a risky flex, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. It, it, pretty heavily touchdown dependent whereas mckinnon has that ppr floor that is looking unmatched in the past two weeks i'll pick the chiefs in this one. Oh, and juju smith schuster and travis kelsey both had 10 receptions so that's great of course if you have them so there you go all right move on to giants at vikings so if the giants this is this is like borderline titans analysis um Saquon Barkley and nobody else. Saquon had 18 carries for 87 yards and a touchdown while also adding five receptions for 33 yards and playing in 86% of snaps. In week 14, he had like 30-some percent of snaps, but he was dealing with an injury. Now he's back to that high snap percentage, kind of an unmatched snap percentage for a running back in the league. Um, So yeah, he's a workhorse back for sure. And Daniel Jones only threw for 160 passing yards and zero passing touchdowns. So that does not provide a high enough ceiling for any pass catcher. It's Saquon, nobody else. Moving on, <laughs> right? Uh, Vikings. Yeah, no, that's fair. Greatest regular season NFL comeback of all time? It might just be. I think it is, by the point total, the biggest NFL regular season, yeah. or just NFL game comeback ever. It was. They were down 33 to nothing at half, come back and win an OT, 39-36. It was ridiculous. Um, I yeah. guess that got Matt Ryan benched, but maybe you'll talk about that later. I saw that today. Um for the Colts. <laughs> yeah. We'll see, uh, yeah. We'll, feel bad for him. Yeah. I mean, it is the defense that I love those 39 points, not Matt Ryan. Anyways, right. uh, Kirk Cousins has had back-to-back games with 400-plus passing yards, and he also had four passing touchdowns in Week 15. Justin Jefferson boomed like he does, but K.J. Osborne actually had an even better fantasy day, uh, which was surprising. Osborne had 10 receptions for 157 yards and a touchdown, while Adam Thielen only had three receptions, so I would not be looking to start him. But I'll focus on Osborne. He's had back-to-back games with one receiving touchdown, but his previous season high in receptions was five. So, news or noise for Osborne? Yeah, honestly, I think this is more noise than anything. Yeah. Um, I think it could be KJ news Osborne's for next a player. season. Sorry, just want to add that. Well, maybe. Um, but Osborne's a player that I talked about at the very beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, kind of being like a Joshua Palmer type character. Sure. And Adam Thielen... Yeah, he didn't have a great game, but Adam Thielen has been playing pretty solid prior to this week. So, 
honestly, I wouldn't be too afraid of starting Thielen if you have to. Um, and I would still start Thielen ahead of Osborne this week if I were given the choice. He does have a higher floor than a lot of players that are in the same kind of fringe category, so that is fair. Yeah. Um, TJ Hawkinson only had three receptions, but again, you can't bench him as a tight end in this high-volume offense. And then uh, Dalvin Cook woke up uh, with the rest of this offense after the first half. He had 190 all-purpose yards, so you love to see that if you have them. Um, I'll pick the Vikings. For this one yeah let me uh i'm gonna scroll down because this is around the time where i probably need to start making different picks than you <laughs> i um, still got two weeks so i got this one and the next week i know that's not that many it's i mean not. are we not gonna are we not gonna go through week 18 because of uh nah, fantasy I mean, nah, who knows i mean we wouldn't do a video about it but we could record it on our own and yeah eh, it's up to you yeah might let's just do game picks for 18 okay um just so we can have the whole regular season. Sure. But, um, gosh, yeah, with the Vikings being at home, I'm going to go with you. Okay. Uh, we'll move on to Bengals at Patriots. So Bengals, Joe Burrow only threw for 200 passing yards, but he threw four passing touchdowns. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Board each caught one touchdown, so that's great for them. Uh, Joe Mixon struggled, having 11 carries for only 21 yards, but his five receptions helped him eclipse double-digit fantasy points. It was a tough matchup in Week 15 against a fairly tough Buccaneers defense, but this week against the Patriots shouldn't be any easier. But I mean, you're starting Burrow, starting Chase, starting Higgins. Uh, Boyd's probably fringe, but meh. And you're starting. Yeah, Mixon. Boyd is fringe. Boyd is fringe, and Mixon is a starter. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I completely agree with with that analysis. Um. You know, the reason Joe Burrow's passing yards were so low is because of all the turnovers that were taking place, mm. um, in their in the Buccaneers' own territory. So. Uh, Tom Brady had a very uncharacteristic four turnovers in that game. Two, yeah. two, two interceptions and uh, two fumbles. Yeah, that is unlike him for sure. So if the Patriots... Uh, I have some allotted time if you want it for talking about that last play, but if you don't <laughs> care to do that, if you saw it, you know exactly what I'm referring to uh, with the yeah, Patriots. Yeah, the most, the most brain-dead play in NFL history probably. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to get too into it, but I think that it's... Uh, it's just really, really dumb, yeah. and it's unfortunate because, well, for starters, if, if we're going to rant about anything, to be honest, and, and I'm getting riled up, but it's because it's the uh, it's the the Keelan Cole touchdown. Um, did you oh. happen to see that his foot was out of bounds? I heard I mean, about the fact the, that the, the commentators the, were even saying it was. The announce, Right, the announcers were saying it. It was clear and obvious on the replay. Uh, it just... it. it uh, that that play for Jacoby Myers doesn't even happen yeah. if that touchdown and I'm throwing air quotes on that doesn't get called. So that's true. Uh, you know what? We got the better of them in the Tuck Rule game. I guess I'll let this one slide. <laughs> yeah, because that's yeah. ridiculous. I don't think that's the same level, but yes, it's uh, not. But that, I mean, that's just it's it's just bad officiating. No, so it is. whatever. It is all right. Some positivity is from Andre Stevenson having 19 <laughs> carries for 172 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Also adding a healthy two receptions for next four yards. Excuse me. You're good. Roger Stevenson, great day. Uh, but you're not starting really any other player. Myers did not have a good game uh, outside of even that last play. I think he had like two receptions. So it's Stevenson and no Myers else. is unstartable. Myers is unstartable. He has been for a month straight wide receiver 45 or worse. Yeah. I saw he came back from a concussion. So I wonder if that uh, kind of inhibited his judgment on that last play. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hope not. Joke about that. I know, but it's 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 sad that it's such an aspect of this sport, but that's a whole different story. We'll move on to your notes, Texans at Titans. Oh, wait. We got to pick. We got to pick. Uh, yeah. I guess Bengals, but it's You guess, yeah. Well, I mean, you don't think you don't think it's possible for your Patriots to beat them? Uh, with the way that they played last week, no. All right. Fair enough. All right. Okay, let's move on to go. one of your favorites of the slate. That's Houston Texans at Tennessee Titans, <laughs> and I've got some I've got some lengthy notes here. With Damian Pierce placed on IR, Houston has arguably zero fantasy relevant players. Yeah, any arguments? I've rostered Nico Collins for a while. I think I dropped him today, and for good yeah. reason. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, moving on to the Titans, Tennessee isn't far behind in this regard, as Derrick Henry is their only lineup lock. 
Uh, I will say Chego Conquo extends his double-digit scoring streak to three games, wow. making him a usable starter in deeper leagues. You go by Chig uh, instead of Chigo ZM. <laughs> That's, yeah, I mean, come on. Let's, Fair enough. Let's not be so formal. Um, <laughs> monitor Traylon Burke's status as he was unable to clear concussion protocol in time to play at the Chargers. He is a boom-best flex if healthy. Um, let's quickly pick this game. Yeah, Where are you going? I, I'm going Texans. We talked about this right before we started recording. This is like the only game we talked about on picks. But I just okay. feel like the Texans forced a very close game against the Cowboys and the Chiefs, so I feel like they've hit their stride, you know? Yeah, that they, no, they definitely have. <laughs> um, it's not resulting in any wins, but yeah. I will say this. Derrick Henry owns the Houston Texans and always puts up 200-plus rushing yards on them, so I'm expecting another big game for him. That is fair. That is fair. All right, moving on to, and obviously by that statement, I'm picking the Titans. Yeah. Uh, next up on Saturday afternoon, <clears throat> we've got the Commanders up against the 49ers. It is a bad matchup for these Commander running backs. I would avoid them if possible. I do prefer Brian Robinson over Antonio Gibson based on volume if I have to choose one. Um, and then moving on to the pass catchers, Terry McLaurin is a fringe wide receiver too. For me, uh, Dotson and Samuel are both boom-bust flex options. I agree. Any thoughts on that? I agree with all the valuations. I just, uh, did you see the McLaurin penalty that basically revoked a rushing touchdown for the Commanders? No, I didn't. So um, it, that was one of the, that was the only game I didn't watch last week. It was so weird, and I think they must have not ended up scoring on that drive because why else would they show <laughs> this? But he like looks at the official on the sideline. And because it's Did he just point like, at him? He, like, looked at him, asked, probably, presumably, if he was in a fine spot. The official gave him a thumbs up and, like, a one-word response. And then McLaurin looked away from him. And then you just see the official, like, already grabbing for his flag and then immediately throws it out as soon as the play is snapped. So it's really weird. Wow. It's some, like, formation yeah. flag. But, like, you can tell that they're communicating. And then McLaurin looks away from him and then he just, like, goes to grab his flag because he knows that... Yeah, that's it's weird. weird. I mean, I don't know. It seems a little bit <coughs> more than presumption. Like, just reading into it, it seems like McLaurin probably was asking him, am I good? He said yes, and then proceeded to immediately flow the, throw the flag, and it's weird. Yeah, that's suspicious. Maybe yeah. that guy will get investigated. Maybe. Um, let's talk about the 49ers now. So, as long as Debo Samuel is unavailable, which is looking like that's going to continue, uh, this is Christian McCaffrey's team. Brandon Ayuk really burned fantasy managers, myself included, last week as he was out-targeted by both, by both George Kittle and Juwan Jennings. Uh, we, and this is the rationale for why I started him. We saw Ayuk step up as a clear number one pass-catching option earlier this season while Debo was inactive back in Week 8, uh, but that was with Jimmy Garoppolo under center, who we know has good chemistry with Ayuk. Uh, if you somehow survived Ayuk's Week 15 flop performance... I'm going to ask you, Carson, should fantasy managers give him another shot this week against the Commanders? Uh, I mean... Mm. It's a tough call. It is. I, I think I'd be leaning towards giving him another shot. I, I think it's very okay. fluky that Jawan Jennings was out-targeted Brandon Ayuk. I think that's very fluky. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily disagree. I think the, the thing is, though, that just that... <clears throat> we've seen how much Christian McCaffrey and even George Kittle have stepped up yeah. uh, since Brock Purdy took over. It does kind of give me a little less hope for Brandon Ayuk in this offense. I just feel like he at least is still a flex, honestly. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's not a good time for him to be coming off of a bad game. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's not where I want that. I'm agreeing with you yeah, was, on the 49ers <laughs> pick over the Commanders. Yeah. Although... I mean, I think the 49ers are super legit, but the Commanders have been on a pretty good streak of good performances, even though they've not all resulted in wins, but they're the seven-point underdog. Yeah. Commanders commanders are the owners of uh, Philadelphia's only loss still. Yeah. So that's something to say. That is true. All right, let's talk about, speaking of, Philadelphia Eagles at Dallas Cowboys. Uh, now, first off, there is a chance Jalen Hurts with a shoulder injury doesn't play in Week 16. That would be very devastating to fantasy managers out there For assuming sure. you're uh unless you're going against them yeah but um if he is inactive <clears throat> Gardner Minshew will get the start think of him as a slightly better version of Brock Purdy I don't feel like that's disrespectful no. um especially from what we've seen from Brock so far he's a good player yeah um 
And Minshew's not bad either. That's kind of the point. Yeah. Uh, Hertz threw for exactly zero passing touchdowns last week, so it can't be worse from that perspective when considering pass catcher upside on this team. Hertz did, however, vulture three touchdowns at the goal line, making Miles Sanders potentially more enticing if Hertz is absent. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, you think this offense has obviously improved with Hertz being there, but as far as vulturing touchdowns, yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> If this ends up like uh, jinxing people, but I don't see Minshew vulturing three touchdowns for Miles Sanders. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean the worst part of it is that like Miles Sanders put up one point nine last week. Yeah, so he's been kind of an annoying that, player to roster. I think overall you're probably happy that you have him for where you drafted him. But yeah, I mean RB twelve on the season. I don't know how annoying that is, but well, I, it's been a lot of boom and it's been a lot of bust. So, but right. yeah, RB twelve that is very high for where you drafted him. I'm sure. Yeah. So, either way, um, last piece of information for the Eagles. Dallas Goddard has been activated off of IR. Uh, one more offensive weapon for Minshew slash Hurts this week. And I think if you still roster Goddard, he's an automatic starter. Yeah. Um, is there anyone that you would have picked up in Goddard's absence that you would start ahead of him? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, like Evan, Evan Ingram? Yeah, Evan Ingram's the first name that comes to mind. I I think that if Minshew, Minshew sorry, is the starter, I think you could make a case for Ingram over him. But I think if Hertz is there, I don't. It's hard to start. Ingram well, over so Goddard. remember the Jags play on Thursday. You're not going to get the luxury of that decision. I guess that's fair. Then I, you know, it depends on. Uh, I guess how much of a risk you want to take, because I think right. that Ingram okay. is a better play over Goddard if Minshew is the starter. Okay, I don't necessarily disagree. Although I'm looking at you know. Goddard's stats for the season, he's got three games outside of the top 12, actually three games inside outside of the top 10. So <clears throat> he's been really solid this year. Yeah, he has. Um, I, w- I would think that, you know, maybe the, the Evan Ingram one is a question mark, but you're probably starting Goddard if, he, if you, uh, regardless of quarterback. Sure. All right, let's talk next about the Dallas Cowboys, where we have Dak Prescott finishing as QB8 last week in a shootout game against the Jags. Philadelphia has one of the best defenses in the league, no doubt about that. Uh, so how confident are you in starting Prescott at home against a division rival? I think he's a low-end QB1. I think he's a fine play. But uh, it is a tough matchup, so not one that you'd be wishing to have in your playoffs. But I still think he's fine. I don't think... I wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a quarterback that I'd be worried about completely burning me. I mean, I think we're kind of overreacting on kind of how he's been recently. I think he's fine. Okay. I mean, I think I think he does fall outside the top ten, like you say here. Um, and the Eagle, the Eagles could definitely crush him. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I think that's fair. Um, not a top ten play. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Tony Pollard is RB seven on the season. <laughs> through 15 weeks no disrespect to pollard but this definitely speaks to how strange a year it's been for fantasy running backs oh yeah uh, ezekiel elliott has scored 15 or more fantasy points in all of his last seven games coincidentally he has scored at least one rushing touchdown in all of those games given how this backfield is operating at such a high rate both running backs are lineup locks in fantasy who would have thought yeah <laughs> it certainly didn't feel that way at the beginning of the year no um but let's talk about the pass catchers now. Noah Brown scored just two fantasy points last time these teams faced off, although Cooper Rush was still the starter back in week six. Now coming off a six-reception game in which two of those catches found the end zone, does Brown warrant flex consideration with Dak at quarterback? Is Gallup active? <laughs> Only in spirit. Okay. Um, um, Michael Gallup is... Uh, last week, wide receiver 103, and the week before that, wide receiver 64. Um, I wouldn't be so... looking to start Noah Brown. No. You said would or wouldn't? Would not. Uh, that's fair. Um, I mean, it's been okay. so long. It's been so long before this week that he has been relevant, and it's been with other people being injured has allowed that to happen. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so I guess, how about this? If you were picking between Gallup or Brown, who would oh, you lean towards? Gosh. Well, with what you just said, maybe Brown, but neither? <laughs> neither? Okay. How about neither? Yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Dalton Schultz is still a good starting option despite an underwhelming performance last week. He has finished as tight end four or better in three of his last six games. I think he's still too good to leave on your bench. What a guy. This is a All right, tough decision one. time. Cowboys are five point favorites at home. Yeah, that's surprising. Um, that being said, I that they need this game more than the Eagles, and they're coming off of a close loss. Um, yeah. And with the potential of Hurts being out. But yeah, I'm sure. Even if Minshew plays, I'm picking the Eagles. Yeah, well, you can't have a contingency pick, but I know what you mean. Um, but yeah, you're getting to pick against me, a differ from me, with the Eagles. Who would have thought? Yeah, that's that's I like that. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Saturday Night Football. And I uh, just want to quickly mention, you know, sad news that uh, Franco Harris passed away recently, earlier this week. He was involved in what this game has been built up to be. I, I believe it's the, well, actually, I don't, want, I don't want to get the number wrong, but it's the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception in which Franco Harris was involved. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've been following the NFL for you know any length of time, you've probably seen the clip where Franco Harris scoops up the ball. It seemingly comes up off the ground, but he makes the catch cleanly and runs it in for the end zone. So it's uh, it's it's a bittersweet yeah. that this game is being played on that anniversary, and he's just passed. So yeah, that's true. Um, just wanted to get that out there, and then let's uh, let's obviously talk about Raiders at Steelers. So Devonte Adams and Josh Jacobs remain lineup locks despite relatively underwhelming performances last week. I expect positive regression for both of those players. Um, and then I'll ask you, Carson, are you buying or selling on Mac Allen's being a flex option following four of eight targets for 40 yards and a touchdown? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust Mac Allen's in my fantasy playoffs. If you, if you did last week, good job, but I wouldn't this week. <laughs> All right, so Carson's selling on that. I, I don't necessarily disagree. Yeah. I think it's I think it's boom bust. It's flexy. It's, uh, sorry, risky territory. Yeah. Um, it kind of goes hand in hand. Similarly, <laughs> similarly risky situation darren waller scored his first touchdown since week two of the season catching all three of his targets for 48 yards important to note that he played just 49 percent of the snaps maybe this number ramps up in his second game back from injury but um you probably at this point have found a good replacement for waller so yeah i mean i, I guess if you haven't found that. if you haven't found someone reliable i think waller is risky but probably a fine play but if you have found someone else who's been consistent for the past few weeks i would prefer them in the playoffs all right fair enough uh moving on to the steelers low volume passing offense and pittsburgh go together all too well this season Najee harris handled 24 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown he saw zero targets and then we finally got a wide receiver one yes. performance out of Deontay Johnson, ironically, on his lowest snap percentage yeah, of the season. Um, yeah, so just a bit of odd news there. Uh, with George Pickens, he has appeared to re- ha- like just become Chase Claypool uh, since Chase Claypool's departed. Nothing more than a deep threat that occasionally comes down with one or two long passes. I, I don't know. I really didn't watch much of him in college but i feel like they're underutilizing him yeah. as a player he seems so talented with the ball in the air yeah and i just i think he's being wasted away on this team right now but yeah yeah a lot of time for that to change i think it with will. pat fryer moves to oh sorry sorry i just think i think it has to in future seasons but yeah it's not looking good for the rest of this season fantasy yeah. wise um, yeah, and then like I was saying, with Pat Fryermuth, he was not targeted in Week 15 despite playing in over 50% of the snaps. Uh, Muth has been so consistent prior to the zero-point performance with weekly finishes of tight end nine or better over the last three or four games, uh, Weeks 11 through 14. Um, are you more inclined to start him or bench him this week? I think most likely, if you've had him for that stretch of time, you don't have another tight end that's reliable, so I think I would feel pretty yeah. fine about... You don't like to see that last week, but... I think you have to throw him back in there. Yeah, that's fine. This is a tough um, one to pick, honestly. Yeah, two and a half points between them. Uh, Steelers, the home team, are the favorite. Who are you going with? I think I'll go with the Raiders. But okay, I don't one. dislike that call. Um, coming into this game, if that touchdown hadn't been called a touchdown, the Raiders would have a worse record than Pittsburgh coming into this. Wow. That's kind of hard to believe. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Pittsburgh and honor Franco. 
That's fair. You need to differently right. pick two. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, all right, moving on to Sunday. We've got Packers at Dolphins. Aaron Rodgers has exactly one top ten weekly finish this season. Who would have thought? Jeez. Um, this is a player that we were saying is going to be a safe QB1 all season long, and he has finished inside the top ten exactly one time. Wow. So uh, we were definitely wrong on that one. Romeo Dobbs returned to game action for the first time since week nine and led all pass catchers with, get this, ten and a half fantasy points on five receptions. Pretty good, right? Um, So I'll ask you, are all the Green Bay pass catchers simply boom-bust flex options at this point? Yes. Yes. I think think you're right. No, I think you're right. We haven't really seen anyone outside of the, the miraculous stretch of just littered with touchdowns of Christian Watson. We really haven't seen any wide receiver find consistency that didn't also come along with receiving touchdowns. So I think you're right on that. Uh, Let's talk about A.J. Dillon, who led the backfield on a 14-touch game, finding the end zone not once but twice on just 37% of the snaps. (laughs) He did clear concussion protocol on Tuesday. And I would say this, Dylan is putting up Zeke-like numbers mm. on less rushing volume slash more receiving volume. Uh, but watching weeks 2 through 11, and that's a long stretch, yeah. uh, where he finished outside the top 30 all but one time. Jeez. And his best game in that stretch was RB22 against the Jets in week 6. Uh, it's got me feeling like this recent success from Dylan shouldn't be trusted. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I've picked him up recently and I've yet to even play him even though he's you know had some decent point totals on my bench in that time. But 37% of snaps, that's not a player I'm looking to start in the fantasy playoffs. And yeah, someone and who's behind Aaron Jones. But yeah, you add whatever you want to add. Well, I, I think just the 37% is a little bit deflated based on his injury last week, okay. um, where he's been more averaging closer to, you know, closer to 50. But yeah. I get where you're coming from. Yes. The thing is, like, I think for me, it's the earlier stretch of games. Yeah, you where can't just disregard that. Yeah, where he was just unusable. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that that I think keep him on your benches. Um, with Aaron Jones, he still did his thing, scoring 20.6 fantasy points on 21 total touches, including a receiving touchdown. Did lose a fumble, although I think he's going to bounce back in this game. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it didn't hinder him too badly mm-hmm. in uh, the week prior. Moving on to the Dolphins, Tua Tagovailoa had his best game since their Week 11 bye, which wasn't too long ago, but still finished outside the top 12. That's not great. No. Is this the week he breaks back into that QB1 range in 12-team leagues? Yeah, I don't know what's happened to Tua, um, but I think that you can hope that he can, and that's (laughs) really all you can do. (laughs) But... Okay. Um, like you said, had his best game, and the snow against the Bills really only impacted the fourth quarter, is my understanding. But the yeah. fact that he yep. had a decent game in those con- in those conditions, um, still not amazing, of course, but it's in the right direction. And the Dolphins are needing to win, so I would think that top twelve. I don't. He has the talent. Let's just see it happen again. So I would feel. Yeah, I mean, there's there's sixteen games being played. So is he going to be? Inside the top 12, that's the question. Yeah. Um, and you're saying, let's hope. <laughs> yeah. I think he's going to be right okay. around that, that mark. Okay. I'll, I'll give a more definitive answer. I think he does finish inside the top 12. Okay. Um, moving on, Raheem Mostert looked incredible last week, averaging eight yards per carry on 17 Jeez. rushes. Um, this was a game where Jeff Wilson was inactive, He's been deemed day-to-day with a hip issue and was, quote, close to playing last week. Uh, This backfield is difficult to predict when both running backs are healthy, so monitor Wilson's status. Uh, If Wilson does play, are you fading Mostert? Oh, gosh, that's so difficult. I mean, it's hard to... This is why I got rid of my shares of this backfield, but... It would mm-hmm. be hard with that, with those numbers of eight yards per carry on seventeen rushes, and Wilson's coming against back from the injury. Bills, by the way. Wow. Yeah. yeah. To think that. Yeah. Oh, Wilson, the player that we added halfway through the season, it's your backfield again after Mostert just did that last week. Well, former head coach, right? Yeah, I get it, but same for Mostert. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I don't disagree. I think, I think lower 
expectations for Mostert if yeah. Wilson's healthy. I think that's the best way to look at it. And I would say he's um, a must-start if Wilson's inactive. Okay. I like the I like the conviction. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle both scored twenty plus fantasy points due largely in part to there not being a single snowflake in sight for the first three quarters of last week's game. Uh, I was a little bit uh, preoccupied with uh, my plans of engagement that <laughs> night to pay close attention to the weather, um, so I'm a little bitter about benching Waddle, just expecting it to be a uh, <clears throat> a blizzard. But yeah. that's fine. It was. I, a- I got what I wanted. That's true. Sorry, but it was a fluky stat line, <laughs> as we have already talked about with Waddle. That's true. Um, but, you know, points are points. True. Uh, now coming back home to Miami, I expect both players to be borderline wide receiver ones. Yeah, agreed. Uh, let's pick this game, and I'm not going to go bold here. I'm no, picking the Dolphins. No, I'm with you. I think Packers are, like, out of playoff contention. Like, not officially, but I think the Dolphins are still within a pretty good distance of getting that playoff berth and i think that a win here would be really good for them and yes so i think they will win all right cool all right so moving on to the sunday afternoon game obviously with it being kind of an inverse slate um we've got fewer games on sunday so uh denver broncos at la rams is the next matchup despite backup quarterback brett rippon committing two turnovers latavius murray in the denver defense picked up the slack and dominated in the backup QB bowl. I've, I've, I've named it that. I haven't heard people calling that. I just decided to call it that because not only did Colt McCoy get the start, but Trace McSorley put in some good time as well uh, for Arizona last week. So, yeah, it was an ugly one. Murray had a stat line very similar to J.K. Dobbins, albeit less efficient. 24 rushes, 130 yards, and a touchdown, one catch for 12 yards. Uh, with how much success Green Bay was able to have on the ground against the Rams in Week 15, does this give you confidence flexing Murray this week? Confidence? That's not a word I would associate <laughs> with any Broncos player. But, um, I mean, we were saying no chance of making your starting lineup uh, before this. I think that there's an argument for flexing him with 24 carries. Yeah, no, and the volume and obviously the, the touchdown upside there uh is is good with latavius murray so yeah. i think you can i think you can flex him this week yeah. uh, especially when you look back at how how green bay was able to perform against them yeah, so i think that's all good there uh with jerry judy he continues to perform well so long as Cortland sutton remains sidelined he has this hamstring issue that's been lingering monitor his status for week 16 if sutton does start are you avoiding judy or just lowering expectations probably just lowering expectations um, okay. This is not a great defense that they're going up against. Um, and I no, certainly. I mean, they wouldn't be four and ten if they if they had a good defense, yeah, right? I oh wait, Denver has the same record. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll go ahead and pick the Broncos right now. I don't know, obviously, Ooh. what uh, Judy's exact stat line was in Week 15, but I know how well he did in Week 14. Yeah. So that's enough to. I mean, fantasy playoffs. If you need that ceiling and he's become a fringe guy for you i think that tips him over the edge okay well this is exciting i'm gonna pick i'm gonna gonna pick the rams they're the home team they're the the defending super bowl champions i believe in them uh eliminated from playoff contention mathematically and that's the first time that's happened for a defending super bowl champ in a very long time that's what i saw i don't remember you think that's ever stopped baker mayfield from putting up stats before i think a lot of things have stopped baker mayfield from putting up stats before (laughs) All right, well, let's talk about... I've got two players I want to talk about, and these are basically uh, start or sit. And the first one is Cam Akers. He saw 15 total touches, resulting in 13 fantasy points last week, 12 rushes, 65, three catches, 35. So flex or bench against the Denver Donkeys? Bench. I think, like you said, the Broncos' defense is not bad, and this Rams' offense is. Yeah, but I also think that, you know... We'll talk about it later, but uh, James Conner had a very good game against them, and with the way that Cam Akers is getting involved, yeah, good for him. <laughs> with the way that Cam Akers is getting involved in this offense, I think he is a, albeit a risky flex. I think you can, I think you can flex him in deeper leagues. Um, so let's move on to the tight end, which is Tyler Higby. He caught four of five targets for twenty-seven God. yards and a score to account for the Rams' only offensive touchdown. Is he a start or a sit? I can't imagine you're going to 
try and argue s- start against me. I'm saying sit. <laughs> that one I am as well. Okay, cool. But with how you were talking right. about him last week, there's just no chance that he had puts up four catches <laughs> for 27 yards, and now he's... I mean, I, what, the reason we even bring him up is just because of how good he was looking to begin the season, and in previous seasons, like, he's been a reliable tight end. But yeah, not right now. Not right now. Okay, fair enough. Uh, moving on to Sunday night football. It's Buccaneers at Cardinals. This game was going to be great leading up to Kyler Murray's injury. Now I think it's going to be a bit of a blowout and an opportunity for the Buccaneers to bounce back. Uh, so Tom Brady, as we mentioned before, he experienced a career-rare second-half implosion, including four turnovers, and still finished as QB12. So good on you, Tom. Uh, good QB12. matchup for a bounce-back performance yes um the running back by committee of fournette and white make both players touchdown dependent yeah arizona just allowed latavius murray to run for 130 yards are both tampa bay running backs flex consideration this week given the matchup i suppose <laughs> but i really don't <laughs> I do declare i do declare um yeah i mean i don't think i think they have a high floor and a very touchdown dependent ceiling mm-hmm yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, High floor and the for last like player flex I wanna... consideration. Let me just like qualify that statement real quick. <laughs> right. Last player I want to cover is Russell Gage. He surprisingly led Tampa Bay pass catchers in fantasy points, although Chris Godwin wasn't far behind. Uh, but Gage's stat line was eight catches on 12 targets, 59 yards, and two touchdowns. Is this news or noise? I think I'm leaning more towards noise. Um, you know, two touchdowns, yeah, you can have a good day. Uh, you like to see 12 targets, of course, but we haven't been seeing that from mm-hmm. him all season. So, yeah. Yeah, and and that's that's the point that I am uh, I'm also agreeing with. I would call that noise as well. Yes. Moving on to the Cardinals on the other side. James Conner continues to performing perform well, scoring at least one touchdown in all five of his previous games. Lower expectations against Tampa Bay. They held Mixon and Pirine to a combined total of 78 scrimmage yards and zero touchdowns. Wowza. So... His, uh, his stretch of good games might be coming to an end here. And then the QB carousel, since Kyler Murray's injury, has been difficult to watch. McCoy and McSorley combined last week for the stat line. 20 completions on 36 attempts for 173 yards and three interceptions with zero touchdowns. Ouch. Uh, it's bad. Yeah. Despite this, uh, DeAndre Hopkins continues to get wide receiver one volume, although his touchdown upside has taken a hit with the backup QBs in play. Yeah. Marquise Brown has been relatively awful since returning from injury with weekly finishes of wide receiver 43, 56, and 63. Um, I would call him a boom-bust flex consideration, although he does have three consecutive games with eight targets. So where are your thoughts on him? He's definitely a difficult player to bench in the fantasy playoffs just because of how he started the season. But, yeah, I mean, with the backup QBs... Yeah, but that was without DeAndre. Yeah, exactly. And with the backup QBs, he is fringe. Um, I think just the value of his name might sway you to start him over some of these other players, like... Uh, another Marquise, like Marquise Goodwin. I, I don't know. Maybe Marquise Brown would sway you, but I don't know if that's actually right. It might just be the name talking to you. Yeah, I mean, would you rather start? Although this is probably, I, I guess this could exist. Um, Amari Cooper or Marquise Brown? Ugh. Gosh. <laughs> uh, gosh. That's a tough one. Probably Marquise Brown. I don't know exactly what Ooh. Cooper's targets have been like, but I like yeah. the three games that they targets. That's, that's still solid volume. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you know wide I, receiver you know like forty three or worse. So those yeah. targets aren't doing all that much for him. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Monday Night Football. Both the Buccaneers. Obviously, I think we said that, but yeah. yes, yeah. Uh, last game of the slate, it's Chargers at Colts. Another primetime game for Indianapolis. Woohoo! Yippee! Uh, Justin Herbert disappointed in a major way last week, finishing as QB twenty-five, following four consecutive finishes inside the top ten. So that's rough. Yeah. If you survived last week, obviously better days are ahead. As we just mentioned, he had a whole month worth of games where he was inside the top ten. Zero passing touchdowns limited all pass catchers for the Chargers, but Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are still lineup locks moving forward, uh, kind of banking on Justin Herbert bouncing back in this one, understandably so. Um, 
And although you wouldn't know this from watching last week's historic second-half collapse by the Colts, <laughs> they have been a tough matchup for wide receivers. Yeah. So lower expectations in general. Um, but these pass catchers should still do slightly better than they did last week. Yeah, that's fair. I wouldn't I wouldn't be looking and rushing to start Gerald Everett, for example, but mm-hmm. Williams, Allen, Eckler, of course, Herbert, they're all, yep. they're all good plays. Yeah. And Nick Foles, right. Nick Foles, the starter for the Colts. That's what I read. Yeah, that is true. Um, I hadn't written that in yet, but that is the case. So, I, I mean... I don't yeah, think, I think that the biggest takeaway anything for their value. No, the biggest takeaway years. from that is that uh, your boy Michael Pittman is still a lock-in starter. Um, and then speaking of running backs, Jonathan Taylor placed on IR. It's been a Oof. severely disappointing season for the uh, pick one dot one on most fantasy boards. Everyone, he's uh, the safer one one pick over McCaffrey. Well, look how that turned yeah. out. Yeah, that's uh, that's very mean spirited of you, but I, but you're not wrong. Mean spirited. Uh, that's just what everyone was saying, and you were like, you got McCaffrey. I'm sure you're happy that you were the second pick in like two of your leagues for that reason, and yeah. you didn't have to make the decision. Yeah. You were kind of upset, and it worked out. That's what I mean. My whole point, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure in the future, but like my whole point well, is there's I think not what it really, really, it doesn't. There's no there's no such thing in this sport, but especially if running backs of a right. safer option as far as injury concerns really there really isn't yeah yeah it, it speaks to the bigger issue of there are no guarantees yeah um but yeah no absolutely uh in the fallout of this news Deion jackson becomes the preferred ppr option of this backfield um it is important to note that zach moss handled over 20 carries following taylor's departure last week wow. so with how the Chargers are pretty much incapable of stopping running backs, does this move Zach Moss into flex consideration for this week? Oof, I mean, it's it's hard to say no if the carry totals, but I want to say no about that. Ooh, I, okay. I, I mean, I, just, I, don't, I don't think it's all that bold. Um, yeah. I think this is going to be a game where they have to throw, and I would feel more comfortable if I had to start one being Deion Jackson. Yeah. But if you're if you're banking on Zach Moss as and like a handcuff <laughs> a Monday in the Night playoffs. Yeah, and like it's not even it'd be one thing if Deion Jackson wasn't there. But since he's gonna be right. taking away all the receptions, like I don't want to throw in Zach Moss. I mean, those carries are great, but if it amounts to even just ninety yards and he does nothing else, that it's not winning you anything. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um just for context, what he did last week was twenty four rushes for eighty one yards, one target, zero catches. So that got you eight point one. That was a very uh 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 Nick Chubb type stat line. Yeah, floor, as Nick Chubb floor stat line. Right. Um lastly, I'll take the L on this prediction. Alec Pierce finished with zero fantasy points despite being targeted four times. I said he was a long shot, and uh sometimes those long shots miss more often than not. So yeah, it was surprising oh, how that well. game panned out anyways, so who would yeah, I don't think it was an unfair prediction. Yeah, that's an yeah. understatement. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'll take the Chargers. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was hoping you would do it, do it, choose differently. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not. going with the Chargers with you. Um, and that wraps it up. So, uh, anything you want to say before I wrap up here? Oh, just enjoy your holidays, everyone, and uh, all the football being on Saturday. Remember that. Set your lineup. Don't forget. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Well, thank you all for uh, watching and or listening, and we will see you next week. Peace out, everybody.